Do you want to know what it takes to work as a high-performing executive assistant? You'll find out when you listen to the EA Campus podcast. Join me, Nikki Christmas, the founder of Practically Perfect PA and the EA Campus, for a weekly interview with successful assistants who all have first-hand experience and lessons to share on what it takes to excel in the role. Tune in, get inspired, and learn how to create an assistant career where you are valued, motivated, and ready to face every challenge head on. Whether you are an assistant just starting in your career or prepared to move to the next level, building a successful assistant career just got a little easier with the EA Campus podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to episode three of the EA Campus podcast. It's Nikki Christmas here, founder and editor of Practically Perfect PA and the EA Campus. I'm delighted to be joined by Renee Viennes, partner, executive assistant at Underscore VC. Renee lives in Boston, Massachusetts and has been an EA for over 20 years in various industries, supporting all levels of the C-suite. In this wonderful discussion, we talk about Renee's role at Underscore VC and the recruitment process. We talk about her incredible network and ability to pull people together. We talk about her achievements in the role, events that she has organised and her ability to perform calendar management gender on a frequent basis. Enjoy the show. Hi, Renee. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much. This is my pleasure as well. And I was was really flattered to be invited. So thank you again. Well, I know that you have got a wealth of knowledge for our listeners today. So I'm going to dive straight into the first question. And this one gives us a lovely oversight of the things that you've been doing in your EA career. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about your EA career to date? So I started my career working at a large commercial insurance underwriter who underwrote for Lloyd's of London. And this is when I lived in Nashville many years ago. And I started in the department where I did document processing. I worked with a graphic designer and she and I were in one little corner of this in this big commercial floor with all these producers. And I had one of the first actual desktop computers when those were starting to become like prevalent in the market. Um, Everybody else in our office had dumb terminals. So I was one of the only people with an actual computer and I did all the proposals for these insurance producers to send to their clients. Um, So I did that for a couple of years. And then one of my friends who was actually one of the producers that worked there, he said, oh, you know, there's this other group that they do a sub, like they do extra underwriting for policies. And he said, they're looking for somebody to be an office manager. And we we would love to see if you're interested in that. I said, oh yeah, that sounds really exciting. And it was an opportunity for me to kind of move up. I got to do a little bit more support role for lots of different people. I kind of supported the entire office, whatever these people needed. And I was very technically savvy. So I did a lot of their IT maintenance and uh, wore a lot of hats as the office manager type role, which was a lot of fun. And that kind of parlayed itself into, I did all the installs when everyone got Dell computers. I installed and then I taught everyone how to use a computer, like how to use that and get off of a dumb terminal, which was really fun. And they even sent me out to a couple of their other offices to help install and train people, which was a lot of, it was a great experience. Um, From there, 
I went over to another company that needed a marketing coordinator. They were like, oh, we've got some insurance people who do want, they want to do events and they need somebody that's going to help them with their database and a lot of other things. And they're like, oh, by the way, we need somebody who's really technically savvy because you need to be the point of IT contact for our office. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got experience with that. <laughs> so <laughs> I was able to take that experience with me into this new marketing coordinator role. And we were a branch satellite office from the home office, which was in Massachusetts. And so a few years down the road, they called me up and they said, hey, you know, there's there's a support role in our Massachusetts office. And we'd love to know if you'd be willing to move up here and and work for some of our other people up here. So that's when I kind of started cutting my teeth on being more of an assistant because I was a departmental assistant at this new office. And again, I did that for a few years and worked for with a lot of great people. And it just kind of went on from there. Like, um, I, I, the company had a downsize. And so I was laid off. And then I was looking for a new role. And I actually went to work for John Hancock, which was a great company. It was, it's very well known brand name. They sponsor the Olympics. So I worked supporting someone in the bond department there. And he was, he was a great manager, gave me a lot of opportunity to do a lot of events. Um, and again, Manulife came in, bought out John Hancock, and there was some changes in the structure. So from there, I, I had worked at um, a biotech, I'd worked at an energy company. And, you know, I've kind of gone through some tech companies and I've had a lot of exposure to a lot of different industries in a in a nice period of time and been able to see a lot of different management styles, learn a lot of things. And I think one of the other things that's really was helpful was being exposed to different size organizations and how they run. Because it just gives you insights on like what can we do better? How can we how can we learn to modify our process so that it serves our group the best. So, um, so yeah, I think being able to just wear a lot of hats over the course of a lot of organizations, it just gives you a broad exposure to many things that you'll end up dealing with as you grow your career. And it, it sounds like you've been able to kind of expose yourself to the organization at different points. So when technology came in and you were able to then, at being tech savvy, you were able to then go out and help the organization move um, into onto Dell laptops and into different technology, and then again with events, it seems like you've kind of noticed those opportunities and how they'll be able to advance your career. Yeah, there's a lot of chances for people to jump into things that they like to do, and I think that's one of the best things that an assistant can do is look for things that they have an affinity for, and and say and volunteer and say, hey, I would love to help out with this. Or please, you know, put me on this committee. Let me be part of this, um, you know, this subgroup of people that want to plan this event or whatever it is. And look for those opportunities because they definitely present themselves. There's always work to do. And if you find something that interests you, don't be afraid to raise your hand and say so. 
Yeah, well, we'll come back on to, I know you've got lots of tips and advice for assistants, <laughs> so I'll absolutely come back on to that. But okay. just to talk through the role that you're in at the moment, because I know things have only just recently changed. So why don't you tell us what you're doing now? So um, I am starting with a new role, supporting some partners at a venture capital firm. And that's really exciting because I'll get to work very closely with people who are brand new CEOs that are seed, they're like seed companies that are just, you know, getting off the ground and getting started. So being able to do that is, is wonderful because you're helping them grow their organization, you know, sharing best practices with them, finding out, you know, what their, what their concerns are in growing their business. And it's just really exciting. I mean, there's just, there's so many really amazing people who have just ideas that you just are like, wow, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) So it's really exciting to be able to be in that space. Well, congratulations. It's always exciting to start a new role. I wonder if you could give us a bit of an insight into what the interview process was like, because I just wonder if it's changed really since the pandemic or if you've noticed anything that's been a bit different in for the the role that you've got now. So, I mean, it's, it's just amazing that people how we've had to adopt with Zoom, you know, adopt remote interviewing. Um, It's been great because you can still get a sense of the person and and meet them online. But I will say, you know, during this process, I really appreciated a lot of the touch points that somebody who is really interested in you, they want to have multiple interactions with you leading up to the role. And I think that's so important because, you know, yeah, sometimes you can get somebody on a really good day or you can get somebody on kind of an off day. So I think I think we're all just trying to be human through this process of being remote and all these things. So giving the person an opportunity to say, hey, I would love to just reconnect with you and let's let's just not maybe talk about the role, but let's just get to know each other. And I think that, again, the relationship piece of that is so important, especially when you're looking for a role you want the right relationship with your um, your executive and your partners or the people that you're working with and your team. So I think having that opportunity to just get in front of different people and get a feel for that, it just gives you a sense of the culture and the people and, and you're going to really get a lot more out of it, especially, I think it's the, the pandemic has forced us into that, right? Like, because you're not going physically somewhere, having more touch points is just helpful. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it's helpful for assistants in the interview process that the the fact that we are now working remotely on the whole, that we have had to develop that more human aspect of interviewing because it's so important for assistants and executives to make sure that they connect on a human level so that the relationships develop. And if you can do that from the interview process, that's that's so incredible because it's not always been the case right right well I know that your your routines are probably about to change but um I'd like to get a sense of what life is like for you um outside of work so why don't we start with what your morning routine looks like well I uh, my routine starts with getting up and getting my youngest one up and ready and out of the bed because <laughs> being a mom, I mean, that's, that's one of the hardest things. And as many people know, and we, you know, we've got our family to help and 
and get ready. So getting my youngest up out of the bed, making sure he has all his things and he gets his breakfast and he has his things for the day. Um, that's one of the, the biggest things. And I carpool with another mom during the pandemic, actually. So we didn't want to do remote school anymore. So instead of being at a local school, we went to a private school where they had actual physical school. So I carpool with another mom who also has her daughter attending the same one. So I'm the drop-off mom and she's the pickup mom. So <laughs> it just it's great because we text a lot. And I think, especially being an as- assistant, you figure out what your network is and how to leverage your community to help you with things. And so again, it's kind of forced us to adapt. And uh, I've got my my group of moms that I work with to like pick up, drop off and help with everything in between. So yeah, getting getting up and then getting back and then I jump right into work once I drop off. So yeah, you you need that. You need a you need a group of moms. I think everybody I think everybody can attest to that, especially when you've got a son similar to me that sometimes struggle to get out of bed in the morning when you you need to go go go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I I can completely relate. <laughs> For sure. It's a challenge. And again, I know that you're about to head into a new role and I know this question is difficult for assistants at the best of times, but I'd like to get a sense of what an average day looks like for you. So, once you've done the sc- the school run and you're and you're back at your desk, I'm assuming you're still working from home at the moment, but fill me in on what on what an average day looks like. So, an average day, I when I get into my zone and I sit down, I've got two screens. I used to work with three screens, but now I'm, I've learned to manage with two. And I've got a dashboard across two screens that I've probably got close between 15 to 20 tabs open. Um, I kind of look through my dashboard items, which include my inbox, my executive's inbox. Um, he has an alias mail inbox where sometimes he has other addresses that people could potentially use. So I check that for accidental emails that slip into that box, um, checking LinkedIn, um, going through my task list for the day. And one of the things I will say is uh, my executive and I work from a very structured calendar. Um, we have like a, a structure frame that we use for meetings and bookings and things that need to happen. So we kind of, I kind of go through the structure for the week and make sure everything fits where it belongs. But making sure that everything is still on and people are still coming to their meetings and and those types of things but i think one of the things that's really important managing the stress level for executive managing their day so that everything runs smoothly and i i call it calendar jenga um i'm a jenga master and i because i'm always trying to rearrange time blocks for people so that they can get through what they need to do without having to have a lot of stress. And because especially at this level, when you're working in the C level, people need to change gears a lot. And you're looking for a way for them to be able to navigate that without being stressed out. So you need pockets of time for them to take a break or decompress or think about what they're going to say or be prepared for another meeting. So I think being a Jenga master is what I would call it. I love that. I mean, it's so true. And I love the fact that you're very conscious of their stress levels, because I think for a lot of assistants, 
who want to kind of support their executive, sometimes they could be solely solely focused on making sure that everything's in the diary and nothing's overlapping without giving too much thought to their stress levels and their emotional kind of ebbs and flows throughout the day. So I think it's an amazing quality that you're also conscious of, you know, them not burning out or, or anything and having the time to decompress. It's so important. Well, and I think most, most assistants that I know of are very high empathetic, very high EQ people. Um, so I think that serves us very well as a community. Um, but I think too, it's standing in someone else's shoes and saying, okay, if I was this person and I knew that I had to hurry up and get off this call to go to something else that was equally important and the visible aspect or mental aspect, whatever, whichever way you want to look at it, of that person walking into a room late or looking disheveled or disorganized or rushed is not a good look for them either. So really using our empathy radar that, you know, if you want to call it that, um, thinking about that person's experience. And if you think about when you book meetings from that, that direction and thinking, if I was rushing or if I didn't have a, a bio break, like where I needed to eat or take a break, um, what would that be like for me if I was running into a meeting and I would look like I was stressed and people don't want to see that and that's not productive. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's just really important to, to view it from that perspective and that just helps us be better assistants. Yeah, it's reputation management effectively, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's thinking about the reputation of your executive as much as anything. Right. I'd also like to just pop back to what you said there about the structure that you have in place around the diary management. Um, I think a lot of assistants' ears would have pricked up there and, oh, what does that structure look like? So I wondered if you could just give us an overview of how you have structured the calendar. So we try to book... Um, we have, my executive has one-on-ones the first couple of days of the week. Um, and he has a direct one-on-one with each of his direct reports. And there's, you know, there's fewer than 10 of those. So that's not, uh, that's not too bad, but then he's got big meetings and generally the big meetings happen in the mornings, not only because we have people that are in the UK. Um, so we have to be conscious of time for them so that we are not booking meetings at an inconvenient time for them, but booking pockets of time. So, you know, you want to block out, we try very, very hard not to have things over lunch so that the person can get a proper lunch and, and take a break and sit down. And and nowadays, most people are working from home and especially in the summer, you're with your family, right? So it's nice for the family to be able to have lunch. So thinking about that, you know, we leave the lunch block open and we don't book lunch meetings normally. But um, having those pockets of time where hey, you know, this is an open time where we could have a meeting and we book smaller meetings as kind of a cluster, like a little like together so that, you know, you've got three 30-minute meetings. So yes, then you've got a 90-minute block that's booked, but then we've got an open block and we try to leave those in case something comes up or they have something that needs to be moved that's big. So just thinking about leaving those, those buckets and then also your executive should really have an opportunity for thinking time, just like undisturbed, um, just time for them to, to consider things and think about their business or think about other things. So that's really important because especially working with a founder, 
they need that time to just kind of churn and go through the motions of what's important and and have that. So we have at least one or two of those a week where it's like undisturbed thinking time. Thinking about thinking time and time to decompress, how do you go about doing that for yourself throughout the day? Do you, t- do you take regular breaks or, or how do you work your hours so that you have some time for yourself? Um, well, I like over lunch to go outside and sit. I have a nice view of my backyard. We're kind of on a wooded area and I really like to go out, especially when it's nice, sit and just eat my lunch outside and listen to music or read a book or listen to a podcast. Um, try to do something like that. And then occasionally when I'm not working on uh, homework or something with my, my kids, I, um, I like to just have a good soak in the tub and, and, and again, like listen to some music or, or just read a book. I just, I feel like I find there's so many books that I want to read and trying to find little slices of time to read them. Um, that's kind of, I just try to read a little bit here and there and, and get out and, and take breaks outside or take a walk or something. We have a nice neighborhood for walking. So that sounds lovely. And I, yeah. I completely understand this. There's, there's too many books. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, and so such good books at the moment. It feels like I could spend all day doing that if, if, I, I, if I gave myself the opportunity, but you have to just fit it in when you can, don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, well, I don't like to be negative, so we'll, we'll answer this question and we'll move on. But I um, wondered if you could tell us what's the most challenging challenging aspect of your day. I I think I would have to say some mornings getting my child out of bed. Honestly, <laughs> just like the the morning routine, just because I am such a structured person, and my child, I have an ADHD child who loses things and struggles with organization and executive function, which I'm very good at, and he is not very good at. And for all my, for all of my uh, efforts to try to change that is, is a a challenge. So I would Mm -hmm. say, you know, I guess the beginning of the day and the end of the day, because um, being a full-time mom and being a full-time executive assistant, which is, you know, a job, you know, you've got, getting out of bed in the morning and getting off to school so that someone can work and then getting home and then doing dinner and then trying to uh, get the homework done. And so that, and, you know, when your child is in sports and things like that, um, trying to get the homework done and balance all of those things. So I think just being a mom and, and doing this role is, is a challenge, but there's a lot of us who do it and a lot of people do it with a lot of grace. So kudos to everybody who, you know, has that extra layer of complexity. And again, you you take your village and you try to leverage your village to help you. (laughs) Yeah, you have to. It's the only way, isn't it? And also just to be able to kind of talk it through with people and um, particularly with people who understand it and get it because you're giving yourself effectively to so many people, aren't you? Yeah. That's what the role demands when you're an assistant to your executive. You give them so much of yourself. And then as a mother, it's you know, it's all consuming. So I yeah. can, I can completely get that. No wonder you go and find time to go and soak in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> you need it. You absolutely yep. need it. For it sure. must have been, cha- it must have been challenging during the pandemic for you, um, particularly with around homeschooling and things like that. I hope you were able to, again, just to get some time to yourself to be able to, to breathe through it. I know it was, must have been tough. I think, 
I think looking at it, um, I've kind of described it in this way. I, I always have pictures in my mind of how I describe things and I explain it this way to people and I'll say, you know, working during the pandemic when your children are at home and trying to balance all those things, it's like your whole life has been dumped into one fishbowl and everything's in the same room and you're just trying to deal with everything all at once. And again, like that's where I would, my mother-in-law, thank God for my mother-in-law, because she would be like, I can come over and do homework for a couple of nights. And, and so at least I could get a break. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was a good way to alleviate. So lean, you know, lean on your network when you need it, because I think so many of us think, um, I'm Wonder Woman, I can do all of this. I don't need to, I don't need to do a break. I don't need help, but we all do. And I think just admitting that and knowing your limitations and just seeing like, where can I delegate? Being a leader too is delegating. And so feeling comfortable and allowing yourself that permission to delegate, I think we just need to take that. Yeah, absolutely. And and getting over the fact that you know that people might not be doing it like the way that you do it and all of those things. It can be really, despite the fact that our executives delegate to us, it can be so difficult sometimes for executive assistants to delegate <laughs> you know, further on down the chain. I, I've been guilty of that in the past. Yeah, for definitely, <laughs> for sure. Well, let's move on to the most enjoyable part of your day. What's the things that bring you joy? So I, I mean, I love interacting with different members of my team. Um, we have a really good admin team here and I love interacting with all the different departments And I guess one of the other things that I just love is being able to help. I mean, I think it's in our nature as assistants to help people, but um, I, I love just being able to coach people kind of either directly or indirectly. I think some people don't even really realize it because they'll ask me for my advice. Oh, well, how should I go about this? And especially when they're dealing with your executive, sometimes they don't know the right approach for your executive. So it's a way in which I can kind of manage them or help them manage, you know, you're kind of managing in a couple directions, you're managing their expectations, but then you're also saying, you know, this is what you should do, you know, prepare this or send this email or reach out to them and explain what you're doing. So it's a way to kind of use like the coaching. I'm, I'm a coach. I do uh, coaching for people. So using my coaching skills to, kind of share that with people and just give them advice and help them. And then they're like, oh, that's great. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's really helpful. So maybe helping people see a different way that they didn't see before. And what's that done for the for your career? I mean, I could, as I said, I can imagine it brings you a lot of, of pleasure, but is it, has it helped you build the network or you know, bringing skills that you wouldn't necessarily have used in other, in other areas? Yeah. Um, I kind of, I just realized, I guess, I don't even know when it was, but many years ago, I I joined an EA group and they set me up with another person as a coach for me and me as a coach for someone else. So we kind of did peer coaching back and forth and I realized I was really good at it. And, you know, just having that opportunity to really lead other assistants has that it like, an, again, it's just brought me a lot of joy. and. And it's great because people know this about me now. And so I've had even recruiters call me up on the phone and say, hey, there's this person, she's having this problem with this, y, you know, X, Y, or Z. Can you just talk with her? And I've made 
some of the dearest friends that I have now just by helping other people and, and networking like that. So it's been a lot of fun to have somebody look at me like that and say, oh yeah, she's, she's really good at, you know, listening and helping people and helping people work through their problems. And, um, it's kind of allowed me to do some other things too, like, you know, speaking at events or I've helped place many of my friends in their job because somebody would reach out to me about a job and I'd say, it's not for me, but I know exactly who you need. And I've helped other people find jobs. So I've kind of played recruiter a little bit, um, and kind of, I don't know, dabbled in the speaking world a little bit and just all these different little things that I never thought I would do. So it's, it's definitely helped me broaden my network. Oh, that's fantastic. And absolute uh, kudos to you for that. It's a real example of what leading in the role means mm-hmm. and how it, and, and how it helps other people, but also help, helps you too. So that's really great. Thanks for yep. sharing that. Well, it sounds like you've had a lot of highlights in your career, but are there any particular ones that um, you can share with us? So I, I can think of several. I'll just mention a few. Um, at one of my longest standing roles, where I was there for almost 10 years, um, I was able to manage and work with a design firm and a construction firm to build out a whole like workspace for us, a brand new workspace. And that was a huge, it was like a huge experience for me. Um, My boss trusted me. I mean, he sat in and on the meetings and he helped me make decisions, but overall he let me run the construction process to build out our new office. And I did that at his office and another one where we had a complete floor so being able to just run that process and and direct it was super fun. Um, another one was we had a company that we were private and we took we took it public and we were able to go to the New York Stock Exchange and tour the stock exchange floor and you know we got up on the podium and rang the bell and that was that was like nothing I've ever experienced just just being there, being in that space, seeing all the things that were going on was just totally amazing. And um, and one of the most recent ones that I did that was a real great highlight for me was we had a nonprofit that my executive was on the board of this nonprofit, and they wanted to do a fundraiser. And we came up with this idea to do a Battle of the Bands fundraiser, where we there was a lot of local bands in Boston. at all these different companies and we invited them and we had at the hard rock cafe in boston this one night like it was like a concert it was so fun we had judges um we had a lot of donors we had the bands that played our our company's band played and we raised fifty thousand dollars for this charity so it was really successful. Everybody had a great time everybody felt like a VIP it was just super fun and and being able to be part of that was just it it was just amazing oh that they're all incredible i mean ringing the bell at the new york stock exchange must have been such a surreal moment i can sure. i can only imagine I've seen it in so many films before truly it's it's been an experience and i feel like there's so many opportunities in so many places to look for for these things like i've said and um yeah just just take a chance and there's so many things that you're not going to know but again that's why if you network with people you can always rely on your network and say, hey, how did you do this? Or, you know, what was your experience? Or does anybody know about how to and and leverage that? Because there's so many people that are w- so willing to share 
their experience to help you kind of navigate those things, even if you don't know. So um, just trying to be a little fearless and, and attack things and, and just grab it with both hands. Well, there's lots of advice you've already given to our listeners um, during the course of this podcast, but I wonder if there are any additional tips you could give to assistants, maybe who are just starting in the raw or or looking to build their confidence so that they can go and do some of the amazing things that you've done. One of the best things that I've heard from other people and that I've tried to employ myself is be the CEO of you. You are the CEO of your job and your role and you need to, to treat your job like that. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, a CEO has a board and the board helps advise these people and, and give them advice and steer them correctly so that they make good decisions. And I would say, build your board, have no less than, I would say five, um, have five people that you could reach out to that you trust completely um, and I, I can name off probably 10 people right now that I could call immediately and say, hey, this happened today. I need you to give me your advice. So build your board. Treat yourself like, you know, your career is paramount and all the decisions that you make are going to shape your future. So if you think of it that way and, and leverage those people for advice and and it's going to be reflexive. I mean, I have a friend that, She's lovely. I've, I met her, oh my goodness, I, it's got to be 15 years ago now, at least. And when she needs me, she calls me and vice versa. And we're on text and she'll be like, hey, do you have a minute to chat? And I'll do the same thing. Hey, this thing came up and I need to talk to you. And just being able to have those relationships, it's so important. So make that for yourself. Because I know looking back on one of my very first role when I was when I was in the C-suite and I had, it was my very first C-suite position, I didn't know any, I didn't know anybody else that did this job. I didn't have any of those contacts. I didn't have any, any network yet. And I'm like, gosh, there's got to be other people out there that do this. There's got to be other people that could, you know, we could talk to, but like, I didn't have that yet. So I felt very alone and feeling alone in this job when you're maybe having a bad day or frustrated, that can be just, and, and we all know, like, that can just feel devastating because you're just like, oh, I've just had the worst day. Like, who do I talk to? So build that for yourself. I promise yeah. you won't regret it. No, it's absolutely true. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's hard to explain what you do on a day-to-day basis to people that don't understand the role. It's at the best of times, even the people you work with sometimes don't understand <laughs> the role. So you need us, you need other assistants in your corner you know, a whole group of people, but particularly those who understand what you do and, and what you give every day. Yeah. Yeah. Mentorship is so important. And so I guess, you know, if you could find another word for it, call it, find a mentor. Um, pick somebody that you aspire to reach out on LinkedIn. Don't be afraid to connect to people. And the worst that someone can say is like, no, I'm sorry, I don't have time, you know? So take a chance, reach out to somebody that you admire, like pick a company that you admire or somebody in your space or, you know, whatever it is that you're interested in, find somebody that's doing that role at the company that you think is great or that you follow on LinkedIn and reach out to them and, you know, take a chance. <laughs> yeah. 
So what do you think that you would be doing if you um, weren't an assistant? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, I would love to be like a yoga and Pilates instructor. (laughs) I think that's what I need more of in my life. Um, But I don't know. Like, I've always thought it would be really fun to work in the real estate business where people, you help people um, downsize. I'm like such a resource person. And I love finding good homes for things. And I think it would be really fun to help people who are changing a position in their life to like downsize their house or help them transition to like a simpler life. I love Marie Kondo. And I don't know if if you've ever watched her show, but um, I love her series on Netflix. So I think being an organizational nerd is super fun for me. (laughs) And I love organizing things. So. Uh, I think that'd be really a cool, a cool problem. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I spend half of my day saying everything has a home <laughs> so yep. to my children and my other half. Everything has a home. Go and yep. put that thing back in its home. <laughs> right. Then you'll know where it is. <laughs> it so. seems so simple. And yet people do not live, live like this. Do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an amazing job. I think I'd have to come and work with you if you did that. <laughs> Uh, that would be fun. I would. I think that would be awesome. What do you think in the the years that you've been working as an assistant? Are there certain things that you're really grateful for that the career that your career has given you? I'd have to say that relationships are the most important thing that I'm grateful for, because every place I've ever worked, I have, and I'll just say it how I say it. I've taken good people with me, um, even before the advent of Facebook. I have been friends with people that I worked with 20 years ago. I have maintained those. And it's kind of one of those things where you just, you have this good connection with people. And that's what, like, if I can take something with me from all the jobs that I've been, I can name off people that I'm still in touch with, that I consider my friends that were, it was more than just work. It was like, you know, people that you really connected with. And that's, that's the most important thing for me that I'm so grateful for is relationships because I, and people know this about me that um, know me pretty well. I know somebody who does everything. If you need a nurse, if you need a, an acupuncture person, if you need a babysitter, if you need somebody who does jewelry, like I know somebody who does everything and somebody will say, Oh, I wish I could find, I'm like, I have a person for that. And so I think that's just part of my, I'm, I consider myself a natural uh, networker and dot connector. And I kind of, I, that's kind of how I phrase it to people that somebody, I'll think of somebody that should know this other person and I'll be like, Ooh, I'm going to make this connection because this person is going to be really excited and this person's going to be really excited. So you're making a win-win connection and that gets me excited. So I love that aspect of helping people, teach, maybe teaching them how to network or build those relationships by tying people together. And I and that just is so much fun. That's an amazing answer. And um, <laughs> it's incredible because so many people leave a job and you never see the people that you work with again. So it's it's lovely that you've, you've built those relationships. And, and as you said, you've maintained them over time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's an incredible skill to have. I think if you weren't an assistant you could also probably be a matchmaker by the sounds of it (laughs) 
I do. I do feel like I have that gift somehow. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I just, I have radar for it. It's fun. It's, it's really enjoyable. <laughs> well, um, if there was one thing that you know, could have known when you first started in the role that you know now, what would that be? I guess how far reaching your connections can be. I, can I just share this? Um, the world is very small. And I will say, people that I met many years ago through, like, there was this EA conference that I went to. I met some of the most incredible, and I'll just say rock stars of the EA world. And I can't name them all because there's so many of them. However, the connections that I have made there that kind of blossomed into other connections actually have connected to me, are connected to my most recent role. Like people that I, when I started this new role, um, there was somebody from my past that I had met that I had a wonderful connection with, and she was part of my process. And she knew somebody else because I tried to help her place someone else in a role. It's just a very small world. So I guess realizing how far reaching every connection that you make can be as an assistant because you never know when you might need something or you might bump into someone again. So I think realizing the power of your network goes a long way and trying to always think about in the back of your mind, like how, how small the world actually is. Especially in the assistant industry, I think you mm-hmm. wouldn't believe, obviously there are millions of us doing this job, but you wouldn't believe who knows who and how it's all connected. I think as, exactly as you said, there's always an assistant because we are so helpful. There is always assistants out there that know each other that kind of come back to you. That's sort of eight degrees of separation thing. It's yes. very prevalent in the assistant industry. <laughs> For sure. Well, a couple of questions before we wrap up. Um, We always try and encourage assistants to use different technology and tools. So I wondered if there were any that you could recommend that you find useful. So I will say I have a very complete list because I, I follow a lot of people in the industry. I know a lot of these people personally. I've been to their, their seminars and their um, conferences and all these types of things. Um, I will say two of the best things that I have found are not only, so Sue France is one of my all time, she wrote the Bible on the executive assistant. And if people have not read that book, it's the definitive EA handbook and there's a definitive PA handbook. But Sue France, I met her, it's got again, like 15 years ago. Her books are amazing. She goes through all these things about like navigating office politics, personalities, body language, um, like how to feel more confident, just the whole plethora of how to enact and be in your job. I love her books and I highly recommend her. Um, Lucy Brazier is one of my favorite people. Lucy's got executive secretary. She's got LinkedIn. She's on Facebook. She's on the web. You can find her everywhere. everywhere. She can find her everywhere. Um, Bonnie Lo Craman is an amazing person. She she's done a lot of things, and she's got a, a stellar career that you can follow. And she does conferences. I guess it depends on. I, I guess one of the things I would say is um, what are, what people are looking for. Like, there's all different brands 
and types of um, EA resources. So I guess maybe depending on where people are in their career, what they're actually looking for, um, you know, because some people are a little bit more, they're looking for a little bit more or a little more advanced. And so there's all these different things that you can find out there. But I will say too, there's some communities even on Facebook that are wonderful. I found some executive assistant communities on Facebook where people share so much their deepest, darkest secrets and their meltdowns and their highlights and their new jobs. And that's kind of fun because that's another place where I found a lot of advice for people and I share a lot of advice. So things that are accessible, they're all over the place. Um, Jeremy Burroughs wrote a book recently. He's got a great book. He's got podcasts out there and, and like your stuff, Nikki, you've got, you've got an amazing platform on your website. You've got so much resource. So I think there's something for everyone. And, you know, if, if somebody would like a little bit more complete list, I would be happy to share that. And, um, and I will be, I would like to also share, I would be happy to send you my calendar structure piece if that's helpful, if anybody is interested in that, I'll be happy to share that. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Well, we'll make sure we put all of those references on our show notes so that everybody can connect with all of the um, EA advocates that you mentioned. And also, you know, if we could put your LinkedIn profile on there as well, then, or, or we can put those details on there um, so that you, <laughs> you don't get inundated with requests. <laughs> that sounds um, great. Well, Renee, that's all we have, but I just have to say thank you so much for sharing um, everything that you do. I think we're going to have to call this podcast the, the Networking Connecting Podcast <laughs> because I think you're just such a huge advocate for, for networking in the assistant role and everything that that can bring. So for now, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Nikki. This was so much fun and it's truly my pleasure. And again, thank you for the invitation to be part of this. It was great fun. Thank you so much for listening to the EA Campus podcast. We would love for you to take a minute to subscribe to the EA Campus podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you could also write us a review, we would so appreciate that too. We're a young, new podcast, so the reviews are super important and we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. If you want to check out the show notes, you can do that by going over to the eacampus.com forward slash podcast forward slash ep3 renee viennes and take a look at everything we've discussed you can also find all the links to the resources articles and tech that we mentioned during the show if you want to join the conversation inside the ea campus community you will also find all of the information on the ea campus website the community continues to grow and we have an amazing group of assistants sharing their careers We have ongoing events and training for our members and we would love to see ambitious and career-driven assistants join. Thanks so much for your time and I hope that you tune in again to the next episode of the EA Campus podcast.